Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual. Now, I want to explore the question of how many tools is too many tools for your business? Because I'm often told by business leaders that they don't want too many tools in their business or they don't want to introduce yet another tool when they feel like they've already got a lot. And I sometimes joke that it's like, fine, like you can run your entire business using one tool, spreadsheets. Everything could be a spreadsheet, but it's not a good idea <laughs> because it's likely to break. It will be slow. It's hard to delegate to others. The business will become a mess. It's very difficult to scale. Like It becomes obvious. So how many tools is the right number? How can you identify when you need to add one and perhaps when you need to take tools away? And how can we reduce the, the stress associated with having too few or too many in the business? So that's what we're going to explore today. So first, I want to explore, like, why do we need tools at all? Because we should start with when this problem first occurs. So let's imagine a brand new business and we'll pick a relatively low tech one to show how even in those scenarios, like tools become needed. So let's say it's a, a, a gardening business and there's, to be clear, there's opportunities for tech in that space, but it's, you know, it's outside and, and so on. You're not sat at a desk and, and you're not automatically using a variety of tools just to get the job done. But should say you're using tools, gardening tools, but not like computer software. So on day one, that gardening business would need to be able to communicate with potential customers so that they can start to drum up some business. Now, if we're trying to avoid software, <laughs> then they could start by doing this just over the phone. But pretty quickly, they're going to need a record of who to call, who they've already spoken to, who's perhaps booked in for having a consultation or to, or to have some work done or whatever. And so the business owner could try and manage that all in their head, but it'll be really slow for them to think of like who to speak to next. They'll waste time contacting people who they've already contacted. They'll forget to follow up people who are likely to become customers and they're likely to arrange clashing appointments. So we've now got our first big need for some kind of tooling in the business that's gonna make that better. And an investment in a customer relationship management tool or CRM will make a big difference there in terms of sales conversion and efficiency. Also an online calendar would help them to make appointment booking much easier and avoid clashes and manage resources and so on. So. You can see like even from day one, they're going to need some tools there. Otherwise, it's going to become a problem. Now, as soon as they've got their first customer, they're going to need to invoice them. They're going to need to chase the payments. And although they could avoid using software to do it, an accounting package will make that a lot quicker, right? It'll save them time. It'll increase the likelihood that they get paid on time, which is really important. It'll also reduce the amount of accounting effort required, like at end of year when they need to do statutory accounts, which reduces their costs as well. So again, a small investment in a software package like Zero or Sage or whatever to do the accounting will save them lots of time and money and get the money in the bank quicker and all these sorts of things. And as the business continues to grow, there'll be numerous tools that will help it to perform consistently and efficiently and deliver more value for customers. So whether that's internal communications between team members, support, various marketing activities, project management, data analysis, lead capture, document storage, process management, website management, social media, email automation, 
all of these areas are opportunities for the business to grow and to perform better for its clients and serve more people. And every single one of these areas is a new problem or a new opportunity for the business to take advantage of corresponding tools that leaders can use to reduce the manual work required, reduce mistakes and increase performance of the business. So you can see how reasonably quickly for a business, it makes sense for the business leaders to add more tools to get jobs done. So how many is too many? <laughs> because this is a common problem. People feel like, oh, you know, we just got so many tools. And I was talking to a business owner, I went for a run this morning, who was saying that, you know, they've got tools that do a variety of different jobs. And sometimes they've had new employees to go, oh, there's just so many different tools, so many things I have to learn. And so I think there's a temptation for the, for the business leader to think, oh yeah, we don't want that to get out of hand. And that's, which is fair. And you also want to make, keep it as simple as possible for team members so that they can get up to speed and add value as quickly as possible. So how do you strike that balance? I think as soon as you've got more than one tool per job to be done, that's when it's too many. So for example, let's say that you have two CRM tools, but you've got HubSpot and Salesforce or Pipedrive or Keep or Active Campaign. When you've got multiple tools that do the same job, so let's say that we're using Pipedrive and HubSpot for managing customer details. When you've got some of your team using one of them and some are using the other, or they're using it for perhaps part of the sales process, but it's not clear when you hand over from one to the other, that's when contact information quickly becomes a mess, out of date, tricky to manage, results in lots of inefficiency and so on. Another example would be if you have multiple places to store files. So you've got some team members that are storing on their local drive, some are storing on a shared drive, some have got it on OneDrive, some have got it on Google Docs, some have got it on Dropbox, some have got it on Box. Like quickly, you create a scenario in your business where no one knows where to find anything in the business because it's all in different places. And so that is an example of having too many tools trying to do the same job. Another example in the space that we work at in Air Manual is having multiple places where people can find process documents and guidance and onboarding. Because if you've got that in a variety of different places, don't be surprised when the team say, oh, I didn't know that there was a process for this or I couldn't find it because they looked in Loom and it wasn't there or they looked in the Google Docs or Dropbox paper or whatever and, and it's not there. And I'll, I'll talk more about how we've done that and addressed that with clients that have started off with that situation and, and where we got them to a bit later. But it's um, that's, I, I think, at the simple level is not having multiple tools to do the same job. However, it is a bit more complex than that because your level of organizational skill and sophistication of using tools has to be taken into account. Because it's not as simple as saying, oh, this tool is classified as a CRM and we've also got another tool that's CRM because there might be things that you're using from each. For example, there are email automation tools that have a CRM component, but equally there are sales management tools that have a CRM component and email management and ticketing software and whatever. And it might be that you want one piece of software to bring all that together, but often those pieces of software do everything quite well, not every single individual thing brilliantly. And therefore, as you grow and become a more sophisticated business, sometimes there are benefits of taking specific things that need to be done really, really well, and actually having a special tool that does that, even if you've got existing software that in theory could do that task. Now, the critical thing is of course that 
you have the organizational skill and the knowledge and so on in the team to know where those barriers are and that you can make use of it. And a good example of this was brought up by a friend and coach of mine, Kevin Hall, where he was talking about if you play golf, you have your golf bag with a set of tools or also known as clubs in your bag and you know you carry 14 clubs around a golf course no problem for in theory a variety of different scenarios you've got your putter when you're on the green and you're hopefully really close to the hole whereas you've got the big driver for when you want to hit it uh, 200 300 400 yards whatever you're capable of doing when you're miles away and you don't want to be using the wrong tool in the wrong scenario right using a driver on the green is lunacy using a putter on the when you're on the tee is very challenging so you know, there's a basic level of skill which is knowing when to use what tool for what but it was interesting because he was sharing how there's like a challenge that he's done in the past where you're literally only allowed three clubs so you're allowed a putter and then you can choose two others and he said it's interesting that actually most of the guys going around would find that it was almost easier to shoot their handicap so to achieve their kind of best level of their performance or their average level when they only had three clubs and so we were discussing why is that and so part of it was we discussed was decision energy not having to make decisions around the golf course and so on but i think a really big part of it is for most golfers they haven't practiced and really honed their skill on every single one of those 14 clubs there are a handful that they've got good at. They've hit lots with the driver, that's off the tee. They've hit lots with the putter, that's fine. They've probably used a pitcher, a nine or a seven or something to do their short game. And then there's a load of clubs that they barely touch, the three, the four, the four, the five, the six. Like there's a, a series of clubs that they don't touch very often and they don't really know what to expect from those. And so giving them 14 that in many ways do the same job. So for that, for most golfers, myself included, I'm not a good golfer, and apologies if I'm stretching the analogy too much in a few places for the good golfers amongst you. But like for me, what I can do with a 9-iron, 8-iron, 7-iron is pretty similar. And even pitching wedge, that's four clubs where largely it's doing the same job for me. And I don't have the skill to really get benefit. You, one might suggest that I'd be better off getting really good with one so that I know how to hit the ball to achieve different outcomes. Equally, a group of clubs around kind of three, four, five, six irons, a similar category for me, where I'm, I'm not likely to get the benefit out of it. But if you then said Tiger Woods, <laughs> can he use each of those clubs in really specific ways? Of course. Like the level that he's got to, of course, he would be able to play well using a single club and go around the golf course. And I know that that's been things that he's done. But equally, when you let him have all 14, he knows exactly how to hit each of those clubs and what it's going to do for him and how he's going to play it and how, what scenarios he'd use it in and so on. And so I think that's an important clarification. As you grow as a business, your sophistication of using tools will change over time. And whereas when you first start, the number of tools that you'll have will be a small number as you grow, as you develop, as you become more sophisticated as a business, it is worth you increasing the number of tools that you have as long as you know what you're doing. You don't want to end up in a situation where you've got the equivalent of five putters in your bag, or if we're using a DIY type example, like, you know, having a couple of different hammers for, you know, one's a plastic hammer and one's a metal hammer and all these sorts of things, great. But if you've got five identical or seemingly identical hammers and you don't really know how to use them differently, it's pretty pointless. It's additional weight and it will just slow you down. So you can see as you as you grow in sophistication in your business, you do need more tools. So how do we identify when you need to add and when you need to take away? 
I'd suggest that you need to look out for the warning signs in both scenarios. So the warning signs, if you probably need to add a tool, is typically when you're starting to find things are slowing down and you feel like it's inefficient, there's a lot of manual work, when mistakes are being made, when there's, there's kind of drop balls, when you find it hard to hand over or that particular activities are heavily dependent on you, that's typically a suggestion, an indication, a symptom of not having the right tooling and the processes so that they can be done properly. And using technology, using processes, using that guidance, the onboard and the training, allows you to pass those things over and, and make sure they're done consistently without you and that they're done without mistakes. On the flip side, warning signs where you've probably got too many is when there seems to be confusion in the team. They don't know whether to do X or Y or use this system, that system, or how to use the systems and so on. Also duplication, where you identify that actually people are doing, filling in a load of data here and then filling in a load of data here and so on. That usually suggests that either there's the same job being done and you can use one tool rather than two or where there needs to be some integration and it needs to pass the information so that you're not doing it. You don't want that inefficiency in the business. Equally, if you've got misuse or lack of use, so if you've got people using tools for the wrong things, then that might be a reason to, to look at either reducing tools or getting clearer at least about what the tools are for. But also lack of use. If you find that people are not using specific tools, it probably means that either you've got too many or people aren't clear on why that additional tool exists in addition to another one seen at the clarity. So overall, like how can you reduce the stress associated with having too few or too many in your business? And how do you manage this? I'd say the first thing, which I've kind of alluded to a few times is be clear on what each tool is for and when to use it. That's absolutely key. It should be clear in your organization. Like if you've got people using WhatsApp, What's that for? When should they use WhatsApp versus email versus sending a text and so on? Because otherwise communications are all over the place and you don't know where to expect the next message. If you've got multiple storage systems, when do they use one versus the other? The second thing to do is introduce these as part of onboarding. Make it clear to brand new team members what each of the tools are for and how much they need to know about it. And then part three is provide checklists on how to use the tools as part of the process. So rather than have a big training module, checklist, whatever on, right, learn how to use our CRM and all the various parts of it, instead, you'd be better off having a process, which is how to add a new lead to our CRM. And then as part of that, have the guidance on how to use it. Because otherwise you're giving people a lot to learn. You know, if you have to learn every single one of 14 systems in your business, accounting package, CRM, like there's so many and there's so many features, like you're probably only using 5% of most of the features anyway. So why, why would you give them all of that? It's better to give them the overview and then teach them the system as part of the process and reassure them that they don't need to know everything about all of the systems. You'll provide the onboarding to help them use it. And so by doing that, you'll reduce some of the stress that particularly new joiners will have when they feel like, oh, there's so much to learn. You say, don't worry, just go through the onboarding and you'll learn all the things that you need to know at the point that you need to know it, including how to use the systems, don't worry. And that reduces the stress out of it and they can feel much more comfortable and you're less likely to lose them to churn as a result. Now, I promised that I'd share like how we've seen this play out in the area of process documentation. So one of the things that we've seen when working with clients is that for many of the clients that come work with us at Air Manual, they haven't got 
any documentation in existence at all. But actually, also, there's a lot that do in some form, whether they've got some videos that they've recorded in Loom, or they've captured some processes, perhaps as Word documents, or in Google Docs, or maybe they've got some checklists in Asana, and so on. But often the problem is it's a bit all over the place. None of those tools I've just listed is ideal for process documentation or interactive checklists. And so they become a bit of a mess and you end up having to use multiple ones. And as a result, when it's time for someone to find a process, like how to do something, they don't know where to look. They look in Loom, couldn't find it. Went to Google Docs, couldn't find it, gave up. Oh, they didn't know that it was in a, it was a Word doc sat in your Dropbox or whatever. That's often the challenge that people come to us with when, when they're in this kind of situation. And a good example of this, if I take MBS accountants, for example, when we first started working with them, you know, they're really smart business owners, Ian and Sam, and, and they believe in making sure that they're clear with people about what the processes are, but they're in a situation where everything wasn't in one place. And so it wasn't a realistic expectation that people knew how to do things. So if someone made a mistake, Sam would go to them and say, you know, let's say Janet, it's not a real person in the company, but Janet, you've managed to miss this step over how we collect the customer's VAT as part of client onboarding. You missed that. And of course, for Janet, previously, the answer would have been, oh, I'm sorry, I'd, I forgot or I didn't know that I needed to do that. And I didn't know there was a process for it. I didn't know where to find it. And previously, that was an acceptable answer because it wasn't a realistic expectation for Janet to know where that was. Whereas once we put in the processes and got them all into one place, even if that meant linking to existing documentation, at least then it's, well, you know, did you check the air manual? In their case, air manual, but like, did you have it all in one place? And this goes for any tool that you're using, like CRM or whatever. Like you want to be in a position where you can say, well, did you check the CRM? Like if you reached out to someone and you said something that wasn't accurate, you got the price wrong, wrong whatever, did you check the notes based on the previous conversation? Oh, I didn't know where. You need to be able to set a realistic expectation that people know where to go and find that information so that you don't get these drop balls, so that you don't get these mistakes. So those are some tips on how to reduce the stress of having too many tools and how that plays out in terms of uh, process documentation. If you've got questions on this or you'd like to share your own experiences, please do post on social media and tag me in or post as a comment underneath where you are listening to this now. I really, really appreciate it. It'd be great to hear from you on kind of some of the challenges that, that you're facing, some of the tools that you're using. It'd be great to know like what's your what's your tech stack? What's the what's the set of tools there that you've got? And if you'd be interested in what we use and why, I'd be very happy to share it. But if I was to summarize everything that we've just covered, don't hold back from getting tools to solve your biggest problems, right? As you grow as a business, it makes sense for you to have tools to free up your time, reduce mistakes and, uh, and support you in scaling. But make sure that you are clear for you and for your team what each tool is for and when to use it and how. And when you do that, you'll be able to reduce the stress out of having so many tools in your business as you grow. Cool, now as regular listeners will know, we run a weekly webinar on how to free up 15 hours per week and remove the constant stress of running a business without slowing down growth. You can find out more and register at airmanual.co forward slash webinar. And I highly recommend checking that out. You may also be interested in a guide, which includes some of the stories, including MBS accountants, on how we've fixed some of the problems like 
how do you get your process documentation all in one place? How do you make sure it's used? How do you make sure it's kept up to date? You can find that at airmanual.link forward slash discover. I also want to say a final note for, for those of you listening. We've had a massive increase in our listeners and people saying lovely things about the podcast, both directly to me and indirectly. I really, really appreciate it. Please do help us spread the word and help as many people as possible. Share this episode and other episodes that you found really valuable on social media. Share your biggest key takeaway. It's a really powerful thing for you to cement your learning, but also it really helps others to gain from your insight and your take on it. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. So please do share it on social media. Please do there's uh, reviews on podcast platform that will help us get more visibility, help us help more people ultimately and have more of an impact. So I hope you found that useful. It's been a great talking to you today. Otherwise, until next time, have fun.